0: things. This is the end of Colossians, so we've had time to gather information uh, from Paul as he's writing to this church in Colossians, a small uh, town there in the western part of Turkey that was in the Roman Empire. They had worshipped other gods. Now they've come to Christ. He's never met them. They are people who just like us, he's, he's never met us. So he's he's writing a letter to point them to Jesus, to what it means to walk uh, the spiritual life, to understand the, a, a worldview that is so radically different from everything they've known. And he is bringing them into this this world They've already come to Christ, and he's adding to that the meaning of the cross, the, the difference in, in uh, living for heaven, living for Jesus for eternity rather than the things of earth. They're supposed to be thinking that direction, not being caught up in the philosophies of life. So we are, uh, chapter 4, we're at the end of, this is the last chapter of the book, so we are wrapping that up. But we're coming from so much, so much uh, rich material as we come into this, this part. And there are things as we get into this that require an understanding of spiritual things. And that kind of understanding is so different from day-to-day life, it ought not be, but it is because we get so caught up in just the activities, the, the uh, responsibilities, our frustrations, and we love to just think about those that keep us up at night, and, and we miss out on the things that God has in mind. He really wants us to know that there's more to all of this. He's given some of that to the Colossians, and we've read the book so we know those truths as well. So he's giving them to those truths to us. And now we come to this this portion of the book of Colossians. I want to take you back to some things that introduce us or remind us of the mysteries. So heavenly mysteries from Mark Uh, Jesus is talking to his Followers, his disciples, those close to him. And he's been teaching already by this point in the Gospel of Mark. And he says, You are permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God. But I use parables for everything I say to outsiders. I want you to think about that. Because there's this common misconception. That Jesus is the best, the most amazing teacher ever. And he put all of the cookies on the lower shelf so that everyone, even children, can understand. That's bull. From the words of Jesus himself, nope, I did not make this available to everyone. You get that? not available to everyone. Paul hits it again. I'm not just going to reference this, but he gets into this in 1 Corinthians 2 and 3, and he says to those Corinthian believers, these are people in the church, and he says, you don't understand these things. You don't have the mind of Christ. Now, there's... Again, this misconstrued teaching, and you'll hear it all over the place. You're a believer. You have the mind of Christ. No, you don't. Paul clearly says there are those who are spiritual and are listening to him, and he says we have the mind of Christ. You don't. He's correcting them. He uses two chapters. In fact, the whole book of 1 Corinthians is corrective because of that, because they don't get it, because there's a spiritual aspect to this, that is at a higher level. These are not on the lower shelf. They are available to everyone. Those who are outside, God has made himself known. They can come to God. They can come to the Lord Jesus Christ. They can receive these things. They don't want him. Those in the church, well, I want a little bit of Jesus, not too much of Jesus because it may you know, I'd look weird and and my friends don't want to hear, you know, I don't want to talk. I don't want to be that guy. Okay. You're not going to know the spiritual things. No, I understand it. No, you don't. I've read commentaries of people with PhDs, multiple degrees. They have no clue what they're talking about. They can translate the Greek, they can translate the Hebrew and they still don't understand the things. Of God. It doesn't come down to mechanics. It comes down to the spirit of God. It comes down to the reality. The truth that he's revealing. And Jesus. Is saying to those who are with him. You are permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God. But I use parables. For everything. Everything else I say to those guys out there. Huh. Do you know what people do, including pastors? They'll take those parables. They make them walk on all fours. They have no idea what the kingdom of God is about. But They'll take those parables, and they will apply them to things that have no business being included in that. They do it all the time. Ah, oh, There's so much more. More than you realize. This, this is Matthew 26. This is Jesus. He's, he's being threatened. He's in, he's in the garden. Uh, the, the troops have come to arrest him. His disciples are there. They're, they're ready to, you know, Peter's got a sword. I mean, it's, it's just getting serious. And he says this, Don't you realize that I could ask my father for thousands of angels to protect us? And he would send them instantly. Who's standing around Jesus when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane? If you peel back the veil, thousands of angels. How many of his followers are staying awake long enough to even pray with him? Nobody. Does he need our help? Not even close. So what do we get out of that? Well, we read those things, we feel sorry for him. And Jesus is saying, don't you see? There are thousands of angels right here. Any moment I can change this. I'm doing this because I want to save a world of people. But I don't have to. I don't need your help. So what do we see? How many things do we see? How many things do we see in this room when we worship or don't worship? Because we're busy thinking about all all of our junk, running through all of the things we've got to do later today, checking out all the things on the phone or whatever else is on our mind, and we don't even see it. Right here in this room. And the God of heaven is saying, I've got so much more you so much more there's a story about Elisha and this is back in early days of Israel and Elisha the prophet has really angered an enemy king by knowing what his plans are because God tells him what those plans are So they decide to send troops and take Elisha out. So they've sent troops surrounded the city he's in, and they've got thousands and thousands of troops out there ready to go because this is it. The king has had it. He doesn't want to be threatened by that anymore. In the morning, Elisha's servant gets up, looks out over the wall, and sees all these troops. Now he's in a panic. This thing is obviously bad for us. We are going to be wiped out. There's no way we can take we can't stand against them. It's just too big, too many. More on our side. Second Kings six sixteen to seventeen. Elisha, don't be afraid, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Huh. But in our minds, we've seen all we need to see. We know our situations. We know the problems. We know how horrible it is, and it is overwhelming. We've got too much responsibility. The plate is full and overflowing, and it is just miserable and horrible and just can't take it. God, where are you? And God's saying, just look. Just look. The promises I've given you are true. The word I've given you is absolute. You can understand these things if you come close. If you love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. If. If you attune your mind to the spiritual things and you're thinking of heaven more than earth. That's what we've learned in Colossians. We grow in him, grow in Christ, being deeply rooted in him, and we're growing in him. Then we're going to be thinking along His, the way he thinks. We're going to join him in understanding the spiritual thing, the spiritual battles that are going on, the spiritual realities that are around us. And scripture is filled with these stories of things that are out of the ordinary for us as human beings on the earth. But he's just revealing, it's just right here. Jesus had thousands of angels available. Elisha has a whole army, God has set, uh, on the hills around him. Bigger than the army that was on the ground. You know how we handle that. After we panic, complain to everyone we can find, go on Facebook, complain there too, let everybody know how horrible it is, and God in heaven's going, I've given you help, I've provided direction. These are majestic mysteries. I tell you that because we're coming to this point. In Colossians, uh, chapter two, verses uh, chapter four, verse two, and this is an opportunity to relook at at uh, prayer, reframing prayer. He's giving us this statement, and this is you know if you're coming at this and you're new to prayer, this is going to be okay abrupt, Uh, and you're pretty much just going to blow it off. That's the That's the Christian way. Find a verse you don't really feel comfortable with or don't fully understand you, blow it off or skip it and just move on. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Colossians 4.2. After all he's gone through explaining all these things that are uh, unfolding, a spiritual world that exists around us, the battle that Christ won on the cross and humiliating the enemy of God, the enemies of God. That's Colossians 2. And he's saying, I'm giving you something more. These these uh, beings that exist around us who desire our, to de- dev- devastate us, to destroy us, to, to crush us in any way possible... Uh, They want to take us down, but they also want to keep us silent. They want to keep us from making uh, the Lord known. They don't want us to allow other human beings to know these truths. They don't want them to know that there are uh, uh, chariots of fire available. They don't want people to know that the angels are out there, except unless they look like little babies with wings and cherubs and something we can control with crystals... Then you can have those angels. But these are God's angels. And God is saying, I have something for you, and it is not like what you think. It is beyond what you imagine. And it is available to you. So devote yourselves to prayer. Huh. Well, prayer is boring. Prayer is ineffective. I've tried prayer before, it just doesn't work. I'm being the skeptic right now. And I try praying, but my mind just slips away, and I can, you know, I'm thinking about everything else. Prayer just, you know, it's just it's a good thought, and okay, that's not the prayer I'm talking about. And if you've been doing that, I hope you take it straight to the toilet after this and flush it, because it is done. It's worthless. Prayer is a communication, a conversation with the God of the heavens who sits at the table and listens to you, engages with you, knows your situation, knows every cell in your body. Remember, he counts every hair on your head. You don't even know that. But he doesn't know me. Really? Every hair. Every hair. He knows you. but prayer is boring. Hmm. The God of heaven has invited you to sit down and have a conversation with him. If your senator called and said, come sit down. If the king of England called and said, hey, come sit down. That's just boring. It's ineffective. The president, whether you like him or not, calls and says, come sit down. Let's talk. Boring. Boring. Ineffective. You know what? I just drift off. I can't. I can't focus. I can't take time for that. I'm busy. I'm really busy. I think my show's on a little bit. And the God of Heaven invites you to have a conversation, and it's. can't think of anything to say but what we do come up with is a shopping list and and often this is taught in in prayer classes come up with your list you list it all out you write it in a journal and then you check it off when god comes through and how you get an answer for that and you know that's that's a way to kind of learn at least practice some kind of prayer you ever done that with somebody? You know, you want to build a friendship with somebody. But you just come in with, I need you to change the oil in my car. Uh, there, there's some plants out front need watering. Um, maybe take out the trash. Uh, could you, uh, you know, go talk to Sally because she really aggravates me. And you have your list. How long would you be friends? So, what are your prayers made up of? Lord, fix this. Oh, I'm scared. Fix that person because they took me off. And the God of heaven is saying, I came here for a conversation. And you came in with your list. And when you're done, I don't know about you guys, but somebody. When you're done with the list in this friendly prayer time, and you go, okay, now, yeah, hopefully he'll come through because here's my list and I want him to fix it, just like I wrote it out. And you get up and leave. How many in a conversation appreciate not being able to say anything back? Just one way. Just out. I'm done. Here's my list. I got to get, because, you know, I have some important things to do. Really important. It's not like he's running the universe or the cosmos or, you know, anything. But I've got important things. And the God of the universe is saying, huh, I've made this available to you. A conversation. To talk to the president, how many steps would you have to go through? Who would you have to be to get access to the president? And you have been invited before the king. Before the throne of God. To ever take that lightly is foolishness at a level that is unbelievable. He has offered you a place to converse with him. Devote yourselves to prayer. That means being committed. It means knowing something about it. You've got to learn about prayer. Well, that's another boring subject, so I'm not going to read anything on that either. I'll just assume If it wanted you to assume, it would have said, assume whatever you want about prayer. You'll notice it doesn't, because this is a serious effort. It is about a conversation with the highest of the high, the most elevated of beings, the creator of all things, who is asking you to come into a conversation with him, where you actually connect and relate. And listen. You listen. You don't just dump a pile of stuff on him and walk away. You listen. You wait. You let him interact with you. Your spirit, your mind. You have to engage this, not in a a quick fashion, although you can do it in seconds because there are times... I wish we had time to get into all of that, but he changes time and he will warp it so that you can cover so many things in prayer and it can just be in seconds. It's just unbelievable if you enter into the, the space that he's made available to us as believers in prayer. Devote yourselves to prayer. He includes with an alert mind. But my mind doesn't stick. My mind is just wandering. My mind is, well, if you're a mechanic, your mind doesn't wander when you're changing out the engine in your car. If you're crafty, your mind doesn't wander while you're making your little little doodads. Your mind doesn't wander when you're doing what you enjoy and you are focused on that very thing. When does your mind wander? wonder when you don't give a rip you're in a conversation with somebody that just bores you to tears I can't think I just I just have nothing for this yeah exactly can you focus yeah when you want to absolutely every time and without fail Why would he say that with an alert mind? And entering into this with a thankful heart, grateful to God that this is even available, that there is an option, that there is an opportunity, that there is in all of time and space, in all relationships, there is an opportunity to come into the presence of the creator of all things, the God of heaven who says, come, let's talk, let's sit down, let's go through, let's, let's see what's happening. What is he entering or asking us to enter into? All of our piddly problems. That is the most important thing on his agenda. I might be like being facetious. The most important thing in his existence, the God of heaven, are your pressing, peddly problems. Why do we have pressing, peddly problems? Because we don't devote ourselves to prayer, we don't have our minds set on the things of heaven and not the things of earth. We are so caught up in our own stuff, which is why we don't get along with other people. Often. Now, Jesus could get along with other people, but he also presented truth, so they kill him. He says that'll happen to us too. Could he get along with people? Yeah. How is it that we enter into a relationship with the living God And can't find anything to talk about. How is it that that would be boring? That to take more than two, three minutes is off the charts difficult. And he's saying, I don't know what you're thinking you're going to do for eternity. But it actually includes having a relationship with the living God. So if you can't think about anything to come come up with, talk to him about now, he's going to have something to talk to you about when you arrive. Because he's making it available. Have a thankful heart. Thankful that he is making this available, that you can communicate to him, that he is going to work his plan, that he is inviting you to participate, to be a team member, to be part of this thing that he is doing that interacts not only in time but in eternity and he is laying the groundwork for that he's overcoming the enemy the enemies of God the ones you don't see and the ones you can see he is involving you or at least he's inviting you to be part of this and you may choose to opt out you can choose but he's making it available and we come at this with a thankful heart going you know. I'm praying for like two million dollars. I'd be very grateful if the two million dollars comes in. So I'm just gonna put that out there. And God's saying, Yeah, it's really not the how about be grateful for whatever I bring your way? How about be grateful? Um you know, if you're in a concentration camp and you got a crust of bread today. No, I want the $2 million. No, we enter into whatever it is with a grateful heart because we know that he's working his plan. It doesn't look like ours. And he's not going to bend to make it fit us. There are times when he allows prayers to be answered that are uh, ridiculous ones and are in opposition to his plan because he's also teaching and he will allow us to learn lessons. If you want to learn one, press him and pray for things. And if he gives you that answer and you go, See, I got my answer. It's exactly what I wrote down in my little journal. And it came in 24 hours. And therefore, it is exactly what God wanted. You probably didn't ask God what he wanted. You just told him what you wanted. I guarantee you, that thing is going to bite you bad. Happened to Israel. They said, we want a king. God said, You don't need a king, you have me. We want to be like everybody else. We want a king. He says, okay, here's your king. And they go, oh, no, now we have a king. Yep. That's what happens. I'm going to demand it. I'm going to tell God how to do it. And he's saying, I just wanted a conversation. And you could find out what's on my heart. And I can help you with your stuff, too. But since we don't sit down and talk, you just come in with your little list and your problems, and you dump them, and you walk out. Thank you for that great relationship. <sighs> so let's reframe prayer. Devote yourselves to prayer, that relationship, that conversation, that interaction with the living God where he can have a moment to in, in, infuse what's on his heart with with us and, and share things, You've, you'll get those things from the scripture, but also the Holy Spirit's going to communicate. We have to have an alert mind so that we can actually f- tune in to those things. Think about the he- things of heaven, not the things of earth. Well, if I'm thinking about the things of earth the whole time, I am not thinking about the things of heaven. Come at this focused with a thankful heart, being grateful to God that He's making these things available. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and thankful heart. So the next verse, Paul says he's going to include these people because he's saying uh, he's going to ask them to pray for him and for what he's doing, his team, the mission team. He is in Rome. He's imprisoned, and he's writing this letter uh, to them. So he said, this is moments for the message. Colossians 4.3, pray for us too that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That's why I'm here in chains. Pray for us too, and he's including these, these believers over in Colossae, to pray for him. He's in Rome, in prison. So, what would your prayer be? If you were being held by the Imperial Guard in chains, you go, "Lord, you know pray for me that I get set free. Pray for me that I get to eat dinner. Pray for me that they don 't beat me up again. Pray for me, you know the prayers. What is it with Paul? Is he like an idiot? Why would he say this? I'm here in chains. That's fine. But here's the thing, I have an opportunity to speak to these guards, and they go back to the barracks, and they're going to talk to other guards, or they go home to their families, and I want to speak about Christ. I want to tell them about Jesus. I want them to know that behind the veil, there is so much more, they can't see it. I want to tell them, pray for me, or the team. That God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. Mysterious? That doesn't sound like cookies on the lowest shelf. Does it? Because it isn't. This is high-level stuff. This is the highest-level stuff. And he says, pray for me that I can communicate that to these people who have me in jail and I'm in chains and that's all right. The main thing is, do we get the message out? Am I still in touch with God? Yeah. Is he praying? Yeah. Did he get an answer to his prayer? Yeah. And he's going to include these guys. It's a privilege to be able to pray and to pray for the mission. So that's part of this uh, process. Uh, spiritual strength. Spiritual strength. This is uh, verse 4. There's team support. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. The thing about Christ. And you've all had opportunity to talk about Jesus at times and probably get in very convoluted conversations with people. And they're going, I lost you. Way back there. And you're going, no, I need to be able to speak this clearly at a particular time with a particular person. And I put the image up there of someone being helped across a chasm, a gap. Because that's what this is. This isn't, oh, I'm coming to condemn you because you chose to live a life far from God. God already knows people live far from him. We shouldn't be so ignorant to think that they don't. We've been there. People around us live that way. It's just the world we live in. The idea is, how do you help them get from one side to the other? That comes to us, to reach out, to help, to offer that message. And that's what he's saying. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Let's see, how can we help them? Come to know Christ. Come to know the reality. Come to know what's eternal, what's valuable, what's in heaven, how they can live that life. So it's reaching out, hands out, most important message ever, and it needs to be shared. And it needs to be shared appropriately, not just one size fits all, every situation, condemning. Mm, That's not it. But appropriately. I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. He follows up in verse 5 with uh, a statement that helps that message be heard. Uh, Be different believing. Verse 5, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Live wisely, like, you know, make the most money, have the coolest car, have the best job, live wisely. Is that what he's talking about? That wasn't the context at all. What's he talking about? The message. How do we live in such a way that people can see the reality of the living God? In our lives, in the way we talk, in our attitudes, the way we use our time, the way we use our resources, our approach to life, live wisely among those who are not believers. They don't know. They don't have Bibles. If they do, they're not reading them. So how are they going to find out about the living God? Well, he reveals himself in creation and he reveals himself through you. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity, which means you have to be alert to those times, those opportunities when they come, and to be prepared to speak about Christ, about the realities, about the spiritual realities, and to share them when those opportunities come. But that's prayer. Holy Spirit will point those out, He will give you a heads up, He will help you with that but what if you're busy just giving him a list? You won't know. And they won't know. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Verse 6, pointing people to Jesus. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. So people don't know all the spiritual things going on. We even had uh, the servant, Elisha's servant didn't know. Um, Peter, the rest of the boys didn't know. Jesus said the angels are all around. They didn't know. Sometimes we have to tell people, let your conversation be gracious and attractive so you will have the right response for everyone. We point them Point them to the Lord, point them to the gospel, point them to Jesus. And when we speak in such a way that it is attractive, a whole lot better than the negativity uh, that often comes about through Christians in Christian circles. let Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. So here's your majestic assignment. Your majestic assignment. There is from this section, Colossians chapter four, verses two through six, supreme devotion. Relate to God with the respect due Him and pray like you mean it. He is worthy. He should have the right kind of devotion. Not just a quick in passing, my list, fix it. And if you don't fix it, see, prayer doesn't work anyway. All that nonsense that comes along. Now, supreme devotion, relate to God with the respect, do Him, and pray like you mean it. Missional support, back the spiritual work of others with perceptive prayers he asks for prayer paul is asking for prayer but prayer for others prayer for missionaries prayer for those in your church in your circle in your family prayer this is about getting the truth out missional support praying for people and they'll often say you get these from mission uh, letters it, and it's it's wacky stuff you know they they'll say well just pray for us Oh, and by the way, here's our financial thing. If you send $100 a month for whatever, and they'll give you options. And often, the, the truth is, they, and they, they do need the financial support. However, the prayer letter is really not about the prayer as much as it is about the finances. And you knew that. It's about getting the money. So what if missional support was prayed for by real believers who really prayed, really connected to God, praying for his work in and through that missionary. What if it came from you to the heart of God, to that individual? What kind of angelic support Would they have? What kind of strengthening in their minds and hearts? What would happen to them in the mission that they are on? Because you actually prayed rightly for them. Back the spiritual work of others with perceptive prayers. Not the list. Hope you tossed those actually. God doesn't need more shopping lists. He needs people with hearts for God and people who are listening to him because if you're praying for those people and God will give you, they need prayer in this area because he releases things through us. That's how he's working because we're praying and he's going to release things in their area, Africa, South America, next door, whatever because we prayed We are battling the enemy who is listening in and taking them down. But we don't believe that because it's boring. It's our list. We don't know what to pray. We have to go get a prayer book because we don't have a clue. Yeah. That's why those who are the children of God are led by the Spirit of God, Romans 8. He leads you. This isn't speaking in tongues kind of spiritual uh, conversation. this is God leading you and you don't know that person in the middle of Uganda who's asking for prayer and they may have given you a three point list bullet points on their prayer letter but that letter came out months ago and the need today is something different who can tell you that Unless you have a phone, you can call them up, and even then they may miss it. Who can tell you that? What do you pray for? Spirit of God. How do you find out? You have a conversation with God. When do you do that? Because you're devoted to prayer. You sit down with God. You speak and listen. And he guides. Missional support. Back the spiritual work of others with perceptive prayers. Missional living. Practice Christ-transformed living among those who are far from God so that they can see what a difference he makes. Practice Christ-transformed living among those who are far from God so they can see what a difference he makes. You've been around Christians who didn't live it. You've been around Christians who proclaim it. You've been around Christians who are half into it, partially into it, a little bit interested in it. But this is the real deal. Practice Christ-transformed living among those who are far from God so they can see what a difference he makes. Missional speaking, make Christ known with appealing, well-seasoned, and welcoming words. We've got to help some people to discover the reality of the living God. He has so much that he wants to bring into their lives. He wants to make a difference. Make Christ known with appealing, well-seasoned, and welcoming words. There you go. Colossians 4. Two through six. So much that God wants to bring our way. And he wants to use us. He's inviting us to be part of it. Part of the conversation with him. Part of the people who are making a difference in the world for eternity. And part of the team. Whether we're in Africa or Europe or Asia. Part of a team that's making Christ known. Because we can pray and enter into that. Uh, as a team member for those who are on the ground. It's amazing we get to play a part in all this. Be devoted to prayer. Let's pray. Father, thank you for allowing us some time in the in the scriptures. Thank you for those who faithfully have carried these things out, who have lived these things. Thank you for making yourself known to us. Thank you for inviting us to the table to talk to you. Thank you for the... Uh, Uh, people around the world making you known, living this out and making you known. It is just a delight to be part of your church, to be part of what you're doing in this world and preparing all of us around the world for what you're doing in eternity and what is coming next. And uh, we give you thanks with thankful hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, let's take a second. Two things. We're getting, we, we didn't do the offering earlier, so we'll do that. Because um, we need money. <laughs> Not just the missionaries who send letters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're going to have Davey come up and talk about the, uh, bring that mic that's right there, about Boys State, just a second.